Welcome to You Can't Get to Heaven in a Miniskirt, the podcast where we record from basements and closets. Yay! My name is Jessica. And my name is Sarah. And if you would like to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Heaven in a Miniskirt. And you can find us on our website at heaveninaminiskirt.com. All right, so Jessica, do you want to tell listeners what our podcast is on today? Yes, today is our Christmas extravaganza. Yeah. So we are decked out in our Christmas gear. You can't see us, but, you know, we're wearing, Sarah's wearing a Santa hat. And an ugly sweater. And an ugly sweater. And we'll probably have some pictures on our social media of that. Today, we're going to talk about Christmas, the origins of Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas, the true meaning of Christian Christmas as we celebrate today. Sarah is going to talk more about the biblical stuff and I'm going to talk more about the history stuff because I can't bring myself to open a Bible. (laughs) I actually think I should buy a Bible for this podcast, but I honestly don't want to support the Bible industry. (laughs) I was at a random secondhand store. the other day and I almost bought a copy of the Koran for like 20 cents and then I was like uh I don't know like (laughs) (laughs) I maybe I should go to a thrift store to look for a bible they give they give them out for free at like every Christian thrift store do you know that like Salvation Army has a shit ton of free bibles do they really okay maybe there is a Salvation Army near my house maybe I'll just see that and they also they all usually only have the New Testament which is way less fun because you don't get to like hang out with God the Father I want to hang out with all the gods God the Father and God the Son and our cool guy, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. (laughs) He's the coolest guy. He's pretty cool. I've been getting to know him a lot lately. (laughs) Oh, God. I never, ever stop thinking about that. I think about that like five times a day. I forget about it for a while and then you bring it up and then I'm just like, I'm going to dig a hole. (laughs) We'll never forget that. I'm going to make a shirt that says the Holy Spirit's a cool guy and I'm going to give it to you for Christmas. Okay. Uh, well, although we shouldn't be doing presents because they're not godly. Yeah. And that brings us to our first part of the podcast, which I think we should talk about the history of Christmas as we know it today. So how did Christmas start? How did, like, where did it come from? It wasn't invented by Jesus. Many cultures celebrated winter solstice for years and years and years. That's like a thing that can be traced back in history. And many of the traditions actually translated it to certain Christmas traditions that we have today, like candles, trees, wreaths, and lights. Like these are all things that were derived from quote unquote pagan holidays. Ah, yes. Pagan holidays. So I'm going to talk about two ancient holidays. The first one is Yule. So we all heard the word Yule, like Yule Log, Yuletide Carol. So this is Yule. Yeah, Yuletide Carols. Yeah. So Yule was celebrated by the Germanic people. Oh, cool. It was a pagan holiday held on the shortest day of the year to celebrate the return of the sun and longer days ahead. And it lasted 12 days. So like a lot of the old celebrations lasted quite a while. So until the 16th century, the winter months were a time of famine in Northern Europe, obviously, because less sun no harvest so most cattle were slaughtered so that they wouldn't have to be fed during the winter and then that makes the solstice a time when fresh meat was plentiful and people would feast right so that would kind of coincide with the celebrations and fathers and sons would bring home a log which they would burn and this was called the yule log so they would burn the log have a feast have a party So that's the Yule celebration. There's a few things in the Yule uh, celebrations that we still use today. Like I think they used uh, candles and wreaths and lights and such things. Okay. 
Interesting. So that one is like the little celebration. The big one that people love to talk about is called Saturnalia. Saturnalia. It was celebrated in Rome. This was a Roman pagan holiday. So it was held on December 17th in ancient Rome and it was a week-long festival. And it and again, this is when the winter solstice is, so it was probably more just to celebrate the winter solstice, to celebrate the shortest day of the year because we have longer days ahead. I feel like that it actually sounds really fun. You know, just having a feast, partying for a week, like what the heck? It actually sounds way more fun than Christmas as we have it today, but yeah. What's really fun about the Roman one is that it's like full on debauchery. Yes. <laughs> I love some debauchery. Basically, the city just like closed down and all social customs were overturned. So could you like be gay? I think you could be gay in ancient Rome anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they cared. They weren't Christian. They also like slaughtered Christians, which is unfortunate. We're just not. We're going to glaze over that and just keep on going. <laughs> okay. Blow through it. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> We're talking about Christmas yeah. stuff. So We saved the slaughter for Easter. Gambling <laughs> gambling was allowed during this time, so gambling wasn't allowed in ancient Rome, but it was during this time. They feasted and socialized. They gave gifts, so that's where gift giving start, kind of started. Slaves had freedom during this time, and they yay. got to celebrate as well. So <laughs> yay! So like, letting the slaves celebrate. It was done to honor the god Saturn obviously Saturnalia yeah which is like the agricultural god and it was just continual partying and like a carnival atmosphere so that sounds like a great time so that is kind of the two holidays that were in history that we know of so when we talk about Christianity itself Good Friday and Easter were actually used to be the biggest Christian holidays and Christmas was either small or non-existent in the early years of Christianity. Like they, they didn't celebrate this. It all kind of came to be, and we'll talk about that in a second, but it all kind of came to be later down the road and all the holidays like the Yule and Saturnalia, they all just got smashed together and then they made a Jesus. So the next part is why December 25th? How did we get December 25th? So besides the fact that that's around the winter solstice, people, you know, we say this is when Jesus was born, but even Christians, even I'd say more moderate Christians and Christians that even look into this at all, they know that this is not when Jesus was actually born. This has never been proven in any way. And actually there's a lot that goes against it, like time of year, weather, the stars. So December 25th, I think it was chosen for a number of reasons. I had to dig into a lot of historical stuff to look into this so it totally depends on the historian and the source that you're looking at but so I just pulled out a number of reasons so it was chosen as a date of the Roman holiday at winter solstice so that's one of the reasons so uh, historians think that people started intertwining the phrase the rebirth of the sun as in like the sun in the sky and the sun s-o-n so or s-o-n-s-u-n yeah or the sun slash sun of righteousness so people started to intertwine those two things because this is the celebration of the sun s-u-n and the sun s-o-n emperor constantine made christianity the official religion of the roman empire so in doing that i think a lot of the holidays or a lot of the traditions were kind of adapted to fit Christianity so that it was easier for people that were quote-unquote pagan to kind of compromise and, you know, make Christianity their own a bit. Yeah, that sounds correct. That's not something I looked into, but it does sound right. Another, actually, another reason 
this was a really interesting one, the December 25th, that, that it's the date of the winter solstice on the Roman calendar. And it was nine months after March 25th, which is the date of the vernal equinox, which is when the sun is exactly above the equator and day and night are of equal length. And the date is linked to the conception of Jesus. So people think maybe Jesus was conceived on the vernal equinox. And then that means he would have been born exactly nine months later. That's kind of funny. I That came up like more than once in my research. I was like, okay. Whatever, whatever way you can explain something, do it. Mm-hmm. It'll be explained. So that's just maybe why December 25th. There's so much history when it comes to Christmas. I really had to cherry pick the things that we we're going to talk about. Otherwise, I'd be this would be like the driest lecture you've ever been to. It's so boring. <laughs> so moving on to more modern day, because there's years and years and years of this shit. And we're now we're at the 17th century. Skip the Dark Ages. <laughs> skip the Dark Ages. Skip the Middle Ages. We're at Skip the, the bubonic plague. <laughs> Um, in the 17th century, Christmas was similar as it is today. There's celebrations, gift giving, singing, decorations, and general merriment. That's what it said online. I liked that word. General merriment. Oh, I like that. But Christians hate the fun, right? So some, sorry, some of the Christians hate the fun. Some of the Christians at that time, I'd say it was most of the Christians because, oh my gosh. And this was the best part of researching and I just wanted to dive so much deeper into this but I couldn't because I didn't have time but the Puritans are a fascinating subject okay can you can you tell a little bit about them oh yes so the Puritans were a group in England in the 17th century and now I don't know all the details because I could not spend my time looking into this I only have so much time because I have a baby <laughs> but yeah. um well you got a c- couple millennia to go through so no judgment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like just trying my best to like <laughs> keep it together here. So the Puritans, there was an execution of a king in, I believe, King Charles I in the 17th century. And then okay. the monarchy was gone. Like they got rid of the monarchy for a number of years. Wow. And during that time, the Puritans took over. The Puritans are a group of Christians that are like just really, really intense Christians is the best way to put it. Okay. They cancel Christmas. They were like, fuck Christmas. No, they canceled Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, there was because of the death of the king, there was a civil war. The Puritans got into power and then they canceled Christmas. Anyone who was caught celebrating Christmas was arrested. Oh, my God. And shops had to stay open and people had to work. Then just not to do with Christmas, King Charles II, for some reason, was in exile. I don't know why. He came out of exile, reinstated the monarchy. The Puritans were out. So that's how that happened. But the Puritans also brought their ideas with them when colonizing America because they were amongst some of the first settlers in America. So the pilgrims in Plymouth Bay were called the Separatists and they were, I believe they were all Puritans. They didn't celebrate it at all. The settlers in Virginia did celebrate Christmas, however. So it wasn't agreed upon among the settlers. The Puritans in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, they went one step further and actually outlawed the celebration of Christmas, kind of like they did in England. Uh, So from 1659 to 1681, that's a pretty long time. Anyone caught celebrating Christmas in the colony would be fined. Why 1681? The English Civil Wars ended and the monarchy was restored. So that's when King Charles II came back and restored the monarchy. Thank God we restored the monarchy. Thank God. <laughs> and she's still she's still going strong today. The who the monarchy is a she? I feel like the monarchy is a she. I guess if we're talking about like the monarchy as an institution, I like to say think it's a she if we're going to gender it. Yeah. Yeah. 
the so the, this is before the American Revolution and uh, Massachusetts at the time that's where Christmas was outlawed and then at that time it gave into mounting pressure and repealed some of its more restrictive laws including the ban on Christmas aren't you glad you live now like imagine Christmas being banned like oh my they, god these are the thoughts I have when I do this research I'm like Jesus Christ literally <laughs> like, yeah like you get killed if you're a witch or you get a fine for celebrating Christmas like what the fuck imagine living in England in 16. 16- 50 whatever when they executed the king and then a bunch of fanatical fucking christians take over that is my literal nightmare and that's well that's what they're trying to do now they're just doing it more systematically now in the supreme court it's just like it's terrifying we will definitely get into christian nationalism it's so depressing it's really really depressing it but i think the thing about christian nationalism now we're just gonna like go completely off on a tangent but i think regular people in my life, in our lives that aren't Christian, they don't know how dangerous, like they're just starting to realize after the overturn of Roe v. Wade, now they're like, oh shit, like what's going on? This has been going on behind the scenes for years, for decades, trying to basically turn America into more of a Christian country. Now they have the people in power that they've been trying to place into power for years. And we're now seeing the consequences it's terrifying when you're on twitter a lot of people know about christian nationalism but like it's either like you know everything about it or you know nothing about it there's no no one teaching the regular people what this really is and it goes like it goes so deep there's so many like incel forums and like so much hatred against women against any like basically any marginalized group that now has rights there's like so much (laughs) hatred against them like i know anyway sorry yeah i'm just i i literally have like one line of information left okay massachusetts didn't officially recognize christmas as a holiday until 1870 after the american revolution isn't that crazy that is crazy so that's interesting that's the end of my notes (laughs) that's so interesting because like i feel like here it is sacred in eastern canada when we were growing up you couldn't even go shopping on sundays and like nothing nothing was open it is well it's funny that it is sacred after doing all this research i was like well what does christmas mean to us let's talk what does christmas mean to you sarah christmas means to me celebrating closely with the traditional family as candace cameron would say (laughs) (laughs) have you have you gone down on that rabbit hole i know sarah i not yet But it is on my list of rabbit holes that I need to. It is funny because like she literally is so self-contradictory in her statement that she released in response to the backlash. I don't even know the full story, to be honest. So basically, she used to work doing Hallmark movies. And now she's moved to a different company called The Great American Family. And she was asked in an interview by the Wall Street Journal if they would be including like LGBTQ characters. And she said, no, with the great American family network, we're going to keep traditional marriage at the core. But then in response, she was like, people of all genders or all identities and ethnicities have contributed in significant ways, both on and off camera. But if you're called the great American family, I'm sorry, but you sound a little (laughs) sus. Like. As soon as he said the great American family company, I was like, <laughs> not good. We have traditional family values. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which God. makes my skin crawl. Anyone who doesn't know much about Christianity would be like, okay, but no, no, those aren't good values. They're bigots. Anyway, so that little aside, I know it's kind of random, but I think it's, I feel, no, I actually don't feel bad saying this. I don't feel bad saying this at all. What I'm going to say is I take great joy in sitting back and watching people 
who have prejudiced views against LGBTQ people, I like watching them being persecuted because those views, in my opinion, are very, very wrong. And it's nice to be in a society, finally, where we're like, that's not acceptable. And no one's no one's scared to call people out. And people who have those views have to stay in the closet about their views because they're worried about the impact it would have on their careers. So now they're in the closet. Now they're in the closet, so... Like, but they should be in the closet. <laughs> yeah. You can't change your sexual your sexual orientation no matter what anyone on fucking TikTok tells you. But you can change your views. You're born with your sexual orientation. You're not born with your bigotry. Oh, that's actually a very profound statement that I just made. That would be a good mug or a t-shirt. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. What, can you repeat it back to me because I forget already? <laughs> you're born with your sexual orientation, but you're not born a bigot. There you go. We'll, we'll refine it. But it's, it's good. We'll add that in the back pocket. Well, we're fine. We'll get there. Do you want to watch TikToks? We can watch TikToks before Storytime with Sarah. Yeah. Because Storytime with Sarah is going to be a really long one this time. You're going to talk about the nativity and differing views on the nativity. So usually Storytime with Sarah is like five minutes. So I think it's going to be longer this time while we dive into the scripture. Yeah. So I'm going to send you some TikToks in the chat. And these are basically TikToks that I found about what Christians think of Christmas. Now, we know a lot of Christians that enjoy Christmas. They celebrate Christmas. This is a more extreme view of people that I actually don't even know anyone like this, but um, they exist. Okay. All right. Let's go. I've always celebrated Christmas, right? But there is just something that's not sitting right with me, you know, coming to the realization that we are... We've distracted ourselves from the real truth about Christmas and covered it up with saying an old man from the North Pole is bringing our kids gifts and we put up these trees, you know, in a way it's kind of looks like we're idolizing the tree because we're surrounding it by toys and presents and, you know, there's a mystery man that we've, I guess, somehow made the day about and we're telling our kids that, yeah, this man brought you these presents. It almost seems like it's a distraction from the real truth about Christmas, no? Like, it's a fictional man that we've named Santa Claus who flies on his Christmas sleigh through the sky on reindeers, and he lives in the North Pole, and he's delivering gifts to our kids, which we're spending, going broke, pretty much, trying to put and supply for our kids' needs. Things that we don't necessarily need, even in the first place, but, you know, make it make sense. So my first thought when I watch this video, and I want to know your thoughts, is that she's having a realization. A realization that, honestly, I had when I was 15 years old. (laughs) When you kind of start thinking about life in a different way, you know, when you're like, wait, what is this commercialization? What is this capitalistic holiday i'm not against like if an atheist had this view i would be like christmas is obviously a societal construct my thoughts are like i agree with some things so this is maybe controversial but i don't do the elf on the shelf thing for my kids oh good i don't know where you're from i don't know what country you're from people listening you're actually i do you're probably from canada and you probably know us um... (laughs) everyone we know everyone who listens to us but Elf on the Shelf, yeah, they do it at my kid's school. And, like, I don't know, it just it just seems like an extra thing. And some parents, like, they get so stressed out. They're like, oh, I don't know what my elf is going to do tonight. Yeah. And it's kind of creepy. 
Elf on the Shelf is new for, I guess, you know what? There probably are people listening. Everyone who is listening knows us, but they might actually not know what it is because they don't, might not have kids yet or like they just had kids. Like someone like me, I only have a baby. I only know what this is because my sister has older children. Does she do it? She fucking refuses. And I respect it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I respect it. Shout out to Jessica's sister. We we just align on so many things, and I love you. It's too new. Too new. If it's not, you know what? If it's not from the ancient Roman times, I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) These are not the original Christmas values we hold sacred. My thoughts on what she was saying. I agree with some some of it. I think sometimes things go above and beyond. But you know what? The world is a really hard and complicated place. And it's really fucking nice to see the sparkle in my kid's eye when we go to a Santa Claus parade or like leaving out cookies and carrots and milk for Santa and the reindeers. And it's magical. And you have like three to nine, maybe. So you have like six years of magic in your life. And then you realize how fucking awful the world is. <laughs> so just let the kids have this. So let them have the magic. And so I, I like that. I think it's worth it to do that piece. I think she probably forgets how much she loved Christmas as a child. Like, you forget that, like, this is a magical time for children. Like, I get it if you're super religious and you're like, no, we just need to pray to Jesus and go to boring church services. I know. Sorry. I don't get that. That is fucking ridiculous. But it wasn't boring. Like, as a kid, it was like, I have great memories of, like, being in the pageant. I was a really good sheep and a great wise man. I really want to talk about the Christmas traditions, but let's do one more TikTok. Okay. The greatest event in human history was when God Almighty placed his feet in a manger in Bethlehem and came to us when we could not reach him, when we could not get to him. All the way from the ivory palaces of heaven to a barnyard in Bethlehem. Many people sneer the atheists, the unbelievers, and it's okay. They sneer at the thought of a virgin birth. They think we're crazy gathered in a room like this worshiping tonight. A virgin birth is impossible, but the whole Christmas message is centered around a verse that says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing, nothing shall be impossible. Have you noticed how much pastors like repeating the same word again and like the same phrase again and again? Yeah. So that's just like um, a tactic, like a public speaking tactic that you use long pauses and repeating the same thing. I learned all this stuff when I worked closely with an MLM. It's uh, it's wild. Okay. So that video, I believe, is Jim Baker. Okay. And he's a televangelist. He's like one of the OG televangelists. So basically his logic is that we all sneer at them because of virgin birth, but in their doctrine that we don't believe. We don't even believe in this doctrine that nothing is impossible. I'm not sneering at people that believe in God. I think maybe I am, but I don't think I am. <laughs> I don't think I am. I'm not sneering at these people. I'm sneering at him because he is a prosperity gospel asshole. No, I'm sneering at televangelists because there's... Um, I was just going down a slight little rabbit hole on uh, virgin births. Oh, my God. Before Jesus, that came before Jesus. Uh- Oh, so the fun part about you, you know how you said that Christmas traditions came from a lot of pagan religions, the actual structure of Christianity also came from also nothing, nothing was super new, like there were parallels with religions that originated before Christianity. So 
Before 1000 BC, we have the following gods or demigods who were born on December 25th. List of gods that were born by a virgin on December 25th. So Horus, an Ethiopian Sudanese god, was born December 25th by a virgin around 3000 years before Jesus. Krishna, an Indian god, born December 25th by a virgin 900 years before Jesus. Zarathustra, an Iranian god, born December 25th by a virgin around 1,000 years before Jesus. Hercules, a Greek god, born on Christmas by a virgin 800 years before Jesus. Mithra, December 25th, born by a virgin 600 years before Jesus. Dionysus, a Greek god, born December 25th by a virgin 500 years before Jesus. Hermes, again, Christmas, virgin 200 years before. And then, then you have Jesus Christ. Oh my god. That's a really big list. And I, I, I didn't know this. And did you know this? I knew, I knew some of it because it was mentioned in some of Dan Brown's books. (laughs) Stop. Stop it. Stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Not a Dan Brown. Yeah. Well, is your source a Dan Brown book? (laughs) No, no, no. But some of those gods that were born on December 25th of a virgin then were killed and resurrected. It's almost like it's not the OG story. I've heard some rebuttals. I remember back when the Dan Brown thing, one of the rebuttals was that it was the devil mimicking what God was going to do to lead people astray. Oh my God. That's a really, really funny rebuttal. That's fantastic because yeah. it's like, it's, <laughs> it's the easiest way to close the logic. Yeah. That's the devil. And then you can move on with your life because the cognitive dissonance is too much. You could just use the devil. <laughs> as your scapegoat for everything oh man i know so speaking of like contradictions things not being original now that we've talked about several like virgin births we are gonna get into the last one on that list which is none other than jesus of nazareth are we doing story is this story time with sarah officially yeah this is story time with sarah key the music welcome to story time with sarah sit back relax and enjoy a story from our favorite book the bible so there are four gospels as you know however the story of jesus's birth is only mentioned in two so those are luke and matthew so i'm basically going to go through and i i went to gotquestions.org which we've looked at before we love gotquestions.org that's yeah, great your, your questions, questions biblical, biblical answers, answers. <laughs> yes you remember <laughs> <laughs> sponsor of you can't get to heaven in a mini search podcast <laughs> no, 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 no. no 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 but i like it they do a really good job summing things up so matthew and luke are the only two books that mention what happens around jesus's birth and so it's in luke one to two and matthew one to two and so matthew one to two gives information about joseph and it mentions the the magi from the east Luke does not mention the Magi, but focuses more on Mary and the shepherds and a couple other people that they visit. So here are the details that they both agree on. So both stories have definitely some overlap, which is which is good when you're talking about the same event. <laughs> so <laughs> they both mention that Jesus. That's funny. They both mention that Jesus was born of a virgin. Mary, obviously, and that Joseph lived in Nazareth, a town that's in Galilee. And they both say that Jesus was from Bethlehem and that some point after Jesus's birth, Mary and Joseph returned to Nazareth. So then you got like the details that are unique to each story. So in Matthew, they have the three wise men. 
that visit, otherwise known as the Magi. And in Matthew, Joseph and Mary also flee to Egypt to escape Herod's cruelty. So basically, King Herod found out that the Messiah had been born, and he was like, okay, we need to kill every male child under two. What? Yeah, yeah, you didn't know that. I don't think that came up in the nativity story at church. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, it did for me. The Catholics try to keep it light, I guess. Well, the Catholics I went to, at least. So, yeah, all the, the children under two are killed. And then... Um, Merry Christmas. Yeah. And then, so then in Luke, Luke does not mention the children under two being killed. And Luke mentions a group of shepherds that visit Jesus in the manger. And then Joseph and Mary take a trip to Jerusalem in fulfillment of the law. The nice thing about God questions, I, I got to give them some credit. They talk about those who say there are contradictions between the two narratives and they address it. And then they explain it away. Um, so... Usually one of the main things that is listed as a contradiction is when Joseph and Mary had done everything required of the law of the Lord, they returned to their town of Nazareth, which says that Joseph and his family went to Nazareth on their return from Egypt. But according to like people who critique it, there's nothing mentioned about Egypt. And in Luke, it says they go directly to Nazareth from the temple and then Matthew doesn't mention the temple and so so like the timeline is a little sketchy basically their argument is that the omission doesn't mean that it couldn't have happened there could have been enough time Mary definitely before she could go to the temple had to stick around and wait till she was considered pure again because in Judaism women like had to wait a certain amount of days after having childbirth before they were able to go to the temple but yeah, so basically there's no there's no little drummer boy. You thought there was a little drummer boy like in the major? <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember being so sad when I found out that there was no little drummer boy. Aww. But what um gotquestions.org basically they only address that one contradiction. But I'm gonna share my screen with you so you can see a great list of contradictions. And I mean this is much like the story of Jesus rising from the dead and much like many stories in the Bible when there are multiple stories told, there are some differences, some contradictions, so Oh, this is interesting. Oh Yeah, so the similarities. I like how short <laughs> similarities are. It's like Mary and Joseph. Herod <laughs> Herod the Great is mentioned. Conception by the Spirit of God, birth in Bethlehem, no donkey. There was no donkey. There was no donkey? Yeah, no donkey. I feel like that was definitely something that I thought was a thing. Yeah. You had the little drum where I thought there was a donkey. Okay. So even the main characters are different. Yeah. Joseph, Angel, Magi, Harold the Great. Okay, so that was in Matthew. Luke, the main characters are Zachariah, Gabriel, Elizabeth, Mary, Angel, Shepherds, Simeon, and Anna. Simeon and Anna were like two people that were were super, super old and had been waiting for the Messiah to come. And they went and visited them. Secondary characters. Okay. Sorry, secondary characters is Mary. She's (laughs) literally the mother. That's so telling. That in Matthew, Mary, the mother, the one who's physically giving birth to the supposed Messiah. The one who is like impregnated without her consent. Okay, so and location of conception is different. One, So in, in Matthew, it's Bethlehem. In Luke, it's Nazareth. Yeah. Location of birth. House. Stable. In my experience, the location of the birth is always the manger or the stable or whatever. The manger. It's the manger. And it was probably more like a cave, not a stable. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. 
star, no star. So in Matthew, there's a star, and in Luke, there's no star. So it, it is really interesting when you get into it. The version that we're told is kind of like a mash together. When I was younger, I know we're going to get into traditions. When I was younger, my understanding was like, you know, Jesus went to Mary and was like, the Holy Spirit, or not Jesus, fuck, Jesus didn't <laughs> cut that. Jesus wasn't born Je- yet. Yeah, Jesus wasn't born yet. So basically, Angel Gabriel went to Mary and was like, hey, you're 12, but you're going to be pregnant. And the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, whatever that means. He's a cool guy. <laughs> and then and then 12-year-old Mary, 12 to 14-year-old Mary was impregnated. And good thing she was already engaged. And then Joseph obviously didn't believe her. And then an angel, this is like the story I remember as a kid. Then an angel went to Joseph and was like, it's real. And then he's like, okay, cool. And then... They had to go pay taxes, so they, like, took a donkey and went... They went from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And it should be noted, I was reading somewhere that, like, this taxation that happened, like, having to go from all over the Roman Empire to your place of origin for taxes, it's not mentioned anywhere outside of, I think, the Book of Luke. In in all of history. In all of history. <laughs> and, think, and one of the... So one of the critiques is, like, if there was this big of a migration of people to pay taxes, it would probably... Like, why wouldn't it be mentioned? Yeah, yeah, that would probably be in, like, some sort of historical record. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's actually, this is probably the most interesting part of the story. <laughs> yeah, and so then I remember, like, there was no room in the inn. They went in, and Jesus was born in the manger. Mm-hmm. And then there were shepherds out tending their flock, and they saw a star, and they followed it. Mm-hmm. And then then they also, when Jesus was, like, two, a bunch of kings came and gave him incense and myrrh. And then what they gave them when he was two. I thought they gave him the gold incense. Well, no, because they had to go in. They had to go into hiding. The shepherds met him first. The wise men. Yeah, the shepherds gave them the gifts. No, no, no. no. The wise men gave him the gifts. But the wise men came to the manger. (gasps) Okay, okay, keep going, because I'm realizing that in my story, the wise men and the shepherds are the same people. Okay, so I don't think the wise men did not go to the manger. Interesting. Because the wise men were the ones who went to the manger to give Jesus the gifts of, is it gold, frankincense, and myrrh? So no, it wasn't, it wasn't at the manger. It was like when Jesus was like two years old, they were, they had to be in hiding because they're very, very worried because Herod had killed all the young boys. You had me up until the wise men. We were all the exact same. When I went to church as a child, and I was asking my sister as well, I was like, what do you remember? And she remembers the same thing as me now. So Catholic church, the one that I went to. So there's the five o'clock mass, there's a seven o'clock mass, and then there's a midnight mass. The fanatics go to the midnight mass. I never I never got why they'd go so late. <sighs> I don't know. Like, can you imagine having to stay up to go to... No. Um, so the five o'clock mass is for like children because you have to go early, right? Because the children have to go to bed. So sometimes we'd end up going to the five o'clock mass and everybody would bring bells. And when the father or anybody would say amen, you'd ring the bells. It was just kind of like a fun thing. Do you, you call the priest father? Yeah, the father. Like Father Smith. That's that, that that's how you would re- refer to them. Uh, okay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there, there you go. Something new. So then... At the five o'clock mass specifically, this is one that all the kids were at. Then the father brings all the children to the front and then they sit and then he tells the nativity story to the kids. And it's exactly how you described it, except that in my recollection, now my recollection might be wrong, but the wise men brought the gifts to Jesus when he was born. Uh, Otherwise, same story. I don't know about taxes. I, I don't know anything about taxes in this story. I don't think that was mentioned, but they were going to Bethlehem for some reason. So that's the story. And then the mass would continue. And it was usually like a quick in and out 45 minute situation. 
that's why I love Catholic, some, some Catholic churches. And it totally depends. It's funny being Catholic because as a Catholic, you know, the churches and the fathers that are going to have the shortest mass. And you're just like, let's go to that one. And you're in and out in 35 to 40 minutes, except... Does the church have, like, more than one father? Some do. I don't... Mine didn't. Mine didn't. I think it depends on the the size of the church, if it's a big church. I wonder if there's, like, a high demand, because, like, who's becoming a priest nowadays? Like, I don't know anyone in our generation that's a priest. I bet there's some on TikTok. (laughs) We'll find them. We'll find them. But, like, I, I don't know either. I'm sure there is a high demand. Okay, so then, in and out in 45 minutes, except for one Christmas, which was, I think, the Christmas before COVID. So, 2019. I went back home and went to church with my family. <laughs> this is like such a silly story. And we all get up to leave. We're like, sick. It's over. Let's get the fuck out of here. And then like as everyone is like halfway out the pews, somebody stops them and is like, oh, sorry. Susan from the choir wanted, is, has a song for you all. And I was like, is this a fucking joke? And then she proceeded to sing, Oh, Holy Night, every fucking verse in English and Latin. Yes! It literally took like 10 minutes. And everybody was like, what the actual fuck is going on? And you could just see everyone looking at each other like... See, I don't get... What's with the Catholic Church and Latin? I don't... Because that's not what the Bible was originally written in. Like, I get that for the Quran, like... The Quran is supposed to be read in Arabic. So like most people that convert to Islam end up learning Arabic because they don't want to have all kinds of translations. They just want it to be the OG Quran. I mean, that's smart. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny that like, why why Latin? Probably something to do with the Catholic Church, like the Roman Catholic Church back in the day. Probably, Definitely yeah. like the Popes. You know the Popes, man. They're all, they're sketch. We Dan Brown taught us all about the Popes, okay? And I will take his information and I will run with that. So... And then... So you were stuck. (laughs) So we were stuck, and then we left and haven't stopped talking about it. But there was also another funny story that I just have to tell you is that one year when I was, like, in my bitter atheist phase, I refused to go in for Christmas service. So me and my brother-in-law sat in the car and played on our phones while our families went to church. Because my brother-in-law, I don't know, he guess he's an asshole too. I'm not sure why he didn't go in, but... That's funny. And we sat in the car freezing while everybody went in. I refused to go in. Oh, it was such a And jick. does your family still go on Sundays? No, no. My family doesn't go on Sundays anymore. No. But they go on Christmas. Well, they, they did go on Christmas. I actually... That whole Holy Night story, I don't even know if that... That might have been like 2018. And we that was like kind of a one-off. They even stopped going on Christmas because it's such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my two Christmas stories that I just wanted to tell you because they just make me laugh. But that's basically like what happened in our Christmas. So what happened in your church services at Christmas besides the nativity story? Oh, gosh, the pageant. It, it was huge. Like, So I don't know what this is. So we would do like a Christmas pageant every year within the Baptist church. And like it was a big deal. Like you practice for a really long time. Some churches even get like real farm animals to like come inside. <laughs> Yeah, like I was in, I was at a church once and there was like a real donkey and like the fake Mary was walking in with a real donkey. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I'm not that surprised though, to be honest. That sounds about right. Yeah. So we would usually have a Christmas pageant, but that wasn't the Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, usually there was like a candlelight service, which I actually like really, really liked because you just, they really make it not super religious friendly because obviously they know that they're getting a lot more people in that don't normally go to church every Sunday, like tons of people, right? And so it's just like 
Christmas carols, like Joy to the World and like Silent Night. And then yeah. it used to be real candles now, like the ones I've been to in the last 10 years. It's like fake candles. Oh. But it used to be like real candles. And I remember being probably like seven or eight and it was a big deal that I like got a real candle. But it was so cool because like the person next to you, they passed on the flame and there was like people that would like light they would light one end and then they would turn off all the lights and it was just the candlelight and you'd be like singing carols did you have to hold the candle the whole service because that sucks no 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 they just no they just said that at the end that's so cute i love that and definitely a fire hazard i'm sure the <laughs> yeah. fire marshals were just so pleased with that but yeah it was, it was like it was like so nice and then you'd get some wax yeah. on your hand and <laughs> you'd fantastic but yeah then you'd give back your candle at the end but it was no it was always really nice and i just yeah. i feel like everyone would talk afterwards and there is a nice like community thing about christmas at the church but like when we stopped going to church as much on christmas i don't really feel like i missed out on much the christmas that i really remember is just spending it with like my family did you fill shoe boxes i, I don't know like you know the like shoe boxes that would go to like developing countries no <laughs> No. Do you think that those shoe boxes actually did go to developing countries? Samaritan's purse, yeah. Samaritan's purse. So we would all we would always do that. We would fill the shoe box and Oh wow, they make four hundred and fifty million dollar USD a year. Isn't that nice? Yeah, no, I mean this is even this is an evangelical organization, so I wouldn't have known about it. But yeah, so we would we would like fill up a shoe box and like send it off you know, with like toys and toothbrushes and like random little things. So this has been a very Merry Christmas. Yeah. What do you think, Sarah? Has this been a Merry Christmas to you? I think I think this is great, and I feel like we've covered all the bases. And But we've left a lot in case we want to do another Christmas episode next year because there's still so much more to dive into. Santa Claus. So much. The War on Christmas. The Great American Family movie company. Also, the American <laughs> Family Association, which is the fundamentalist association that, like, the war on Christmas is, like, their favorite thing. Are they, like, like focus on the family? I think so. I think very okay, similar. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, yes. Oh, there's so much to talk about. So, you know, I hope everyone learned something today. Yeah. I sure did. I learned that their <laughs> my nativity story was wrong. I think that I think that baby Jesus is a cool guy. Yeah, baby Jesus. I like babies. Uh, I don't think that a 12-year-old should have a child. And uh... I guess, like, this is going to be really controversial, but I've never really thought about the fact that it was basically like a, like Mary was raped by the Holy Spirit. Because, like, what are you, you going to say? Like, there's a power dynamic there, and she's just a teenager. A 12-year-old can't consent. So I know it was, like, a different time and culture, and that was, like, really common for women to start having babies when they're menstruating. But I can say that I, that's objectively not a good thing. So now, officially, the Holy Spirit is not a cool guy. <laughs> and here we go, me always ending on a depressing note. Yeah. You're welcome, Jessica. <laughs> Merry Christmas from Merry Sarah. Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye. No matter how you celebrate, Merry Christmas. So Emperor Constantine essentially made it the official religion of the Roman Emperor. Empire. <laughs> Emperor Constantine made it the official religion of the Your Roman Empire. Okay, let's try that one more time. Okay.